Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Big Picture Podcast. As usual, I'm super, super happy to be here. My guest today is absolutely amazing, and I'm just happy for you guys because I know for a fact that you are going to learn something new. And you know that's what I'm all about. I'm all about us learning together, growing together and being the best versions of ourselves. And I'm really happy that you've chosen me to be part of this journey of growth. So (laughs) my word of the day today is excellence. Yeah. And I know usually I'm supposed to have like a really fancy word, but do you know what, guys? I'm in this place in my life. I'm trying to simplify things. Do you know what I mean? It's not every day have a word that we can't pronounce. Like sometimes we just need to go back to the basics. So the reason why my word of today, my word of the day today is excellence is because I feel like in everything that we do, we need to apply more pressure to ourselves to be excellent at it and not excellent in terms of the standards of what other people say is excellent but I think it's important to for you to feel that okay I've got this project and I'm doing this to an immaculate level and it's excellent and I'm putting it out there to the world for you to have that confidence in whatever you do sometimes I feel like I wing it with a lot of the stuff that I do and sometimes you can wing it and it can still be excellent but oftentimes what can make something excellent is research it's preparation it's taking your time with it it's looking into the details so again as we are gearing and we are preparing ourselves for 2020 whatever we want to do we have to think about is it excellent what I'm doing right now is it excellent so yeah my word of the day today is excellent Oh, no, that's not even the word. I think it was excellency. Guys, just rewind and find out what the word was. But it's in the scope of just being excellent and being great. So <laughs> it wasn't perfection. It was excellence. Yeah. OK, moving swiftly forward. <laughs> um, my guest today is just amazing. I've spent some time reading up about um what she does. And it's just incredible the amount of interesting interesting businesses that are out there you know the way you can just turn your passion or you can find a problem and you can turn it into something that is doing something great for the world and it was very really really inspiring my guest is super super inspiring um and innovative and incredibly intelligent (laughs) um so my guest today is abina poku awua i'm gonna say that again abina (laughs) And my guest today is the lovely Abena Poku Awua. Thank you so much. And she is the founder of Legacy Marketplace. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Hi, Rita. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to have you. Um, Like I said, I've been reading up about what you do. And I'm just actually just curious to just get into it because I really, really want to learn about your journey and how you've how you decided to launch what well not even launch because you've been in this business for a while but what made you even decide to create what you've created so I always like to start from the beginning so first of all who is Avina (laughs) 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 And we're going to start again. 
<laughs> I, t- it's, I, I blame the girls in school who changed it. Just get rid of her. Don't talk to her again. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Abena. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's it. You got it. You got this. Abena. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let me go again. So I want to just know your beginning. So Abanel, who is Abanel? Um, I am from uh, South London, mm-hmm. Croydon. Mm-hmm. Big up Croydon. Big up Croydon. And I have always been interested in people and in stories. Mm-hmm. So I started reading from a very young age and I read everything. I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. So um both fiction and non-fiction I just love to learn about stories and people and um, from an early age some of the stories that used to fascinate me the most were the stories about our universe and our planet Mm -hmm. and our earth this idea that we live in this universe of hundreds of billions of stars Mm -hmm. and we have this solar system with all these planets Mm -hmm. now 10 I learned there were nine when I was growing up but each planet is different They all have amazing, uh, complex features about them, but we happen to live on this one, Mm -hmm. which is just right. It's just the right distance from the the sun. Mm -hmm. It's just the right age to be able to support life. And I found that fascinating, the Mm -hmm. fact that we have this planet and it's so complex. It's four and a half billion years old, and yet it's all just in balance. And all these features we have, rainforests, oceans, mm. to me that, that just sparked interest from a very young age. Yeah. And I think that stuck with me all through my schooling mm. and you can see it reflected in what I studied and what I then went on to do in my early career. Mm. So I started my career working in renewable energy mm. and I used to help to design um, big wind farms really. And so um, at the time then uh, they weren't as accepted as they are now so they were seen as you know a little bit of a token gesture towards saving the planet but now they're a valid form of energy generation and so I've been part of that conversation uh, from I suppose uh, 20 years ago and I found that um, being a scientist and working with engineers we often assume that um, the solutions to some of the problems that we face are technical. Mm -hmm. So someone's going to invent some gizmo and we'll all use that gizmo and that will solve whatever problem it is. And I think through my career working in various different parts of um, the built environment and in energy generation, I came to realise that that's that's not true. Mm. Actually, the solutions probably to a lot of the problems that we're all facing out, they need to come from ourselves Mm. and they come from people. Mm. So that's been a slow realisation for me. And then to do what I do in particular, um, I love events like lots of people I love going to events Mm. I just love that feeling when you're in an event and you experience something that you know that no one will ever have that exact same experience again and no one will experience it the way that you've experienced it Mm. and I think we all know there's something when you bring people together there's a magic there Mm. that can be really powerful yeah and so I knew that and I also knew that I'm sure a lot of the your listeners will know events are so wasteful and I've been that person who's gone to an event and seen everything just swept into the bin and not really any regard for yeah. not materials are being used mm. or how that event is causing perhaps a negative impact on that community that it's in and on yeah. the environment. Mm. And so I wanted to try and bring that together with Legacy. Um, so I run an events agency called Legacy where we try and 
help people run events that are better for the environment. Mm. And through doing that, I've gained a lot of knowledge on who are great event suppliers to use, what are some of the techniques you can use. And so the Legacy Marketplace aims to try and connect everybody with some of these amazing event suppliers and so that everybody can find it easy to run an event that is better for the environment. Wow. See, do you know what? I would have never, ever thought that, okay, like you, you go to an event and it's just not even something that you think about, you know, like the idea that, wow, I'm at this event, but actually this doesn't have to be as wasteful as it is. Do you see what I mean? So it kind of goes back to what you said, where it's this thing of when we think about what we can do to save the environment, we are thinking of big things and it has to be really major. But I just find it really interesting that you saw it as actually, yeah, it does come from us and events. Events are happening all the time. I'm sure there is some like everywhere right now, there is some event happening, you know, so to think so what when was the actual light bulb moment because it's very specific what you said because you said you've come from science That's so right. it's not even like okay you went to uni and you studied event management or do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. so you started in science yeah so what was the light bulb moment that made you think okay this is how I want to save the planet and it's going to be through events yeah. Um, I don't think there was a light bulb moment. It was a kind of gradual awakening, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And so um, from my personal life, I was getting to a point in my personal life where I ended up having to organise a lot of events for my friends and family. Um, my friends and family were hitting milestone birthdays and anniversaries, getting married. And so I was finding myself having to organise the events in line with some of my values, which mm. is to try and leave as little impact as I could. Mm. And I was finding that very difficult, especially mm. as I had a corporate job mm -hmm. and I didn't have time to go around searching for source mass the supplies I wanted. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I ran events as part of my job. I think a lot of us who work in the corporate world end up having to attend a lot of events yeah. or run them as a side aspect of our jobs. And so I was seeing this huge sector and I was seeing the waste and I was thinking... I talk to my clients and my customers and my colleagues. I know you know about what you could be doing about your environmental impact mm -hmm. because you do this every day in your job. Mm -hmm. But why is it that when you when it comes to the event sector, that conversation is not happening? Mm -hmm. And so over time, I just put to do together and thought maybe I can bring some of the skills I've developed in learning how energy is generated and learning how buildings are made mm -hmm. and how venues are run. Mm -hmm. Maybe I can bring some of those skills to the event sector and also some of the enjoyment I have with mm -hmm. seeing going to fantastic events and see if maybe we can work on making the event sector still fantastic and fun and inspiring and beautiful but also having even ideally a positive impact mm -hmm. on the environment and the community mm -hmm. so there wasn't one moment it was just a slow a realization of moments yeah. so what were the steps that because it's you know like having an idea is one thing but making the idea happen is another thing so what were the steps that you took in order to kind of make it a reality? Um, I probably took the steps that they tell you not to do when you go and read the books about how to start a business. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that I should be a model for anybody. No, everyone's journey is different. <laughs> so what was your journey? Um, so this had been simmering in my head for a number of years, actually. It got to the point where I'd reached um, a point in my career where I didn't really feel even though on the surface my job should have been about making a difference, I didn't really feel it was, so I felt it was time to jump. And so I left my 
my job in the corporate world mm. and I thought about what I wanted to do with my business and also I looked at social media handles mm. and so I set myself up with some social media handles mm. and I set myself up with a website and then I just went out to try and meet people because I needed to learn about the event sector. Mm. I've not, I've never been a full-time event management person. Mm. And so I just went out to go to as many events as I could and chat to as many people as I could. Mm. And um, that was great for me. It didn't feel like work because as I mentioned, I love going to events and yeah. it seems crazy that this was my life now. I could actually yeah. go to events and that yeah. was research. And then I think like a lot of people, I was just very, very fortunate. An opportunity came up to work with a network of green and sustainable businesses, mm. a huge network um, across the south of England, a thousand businesses in the network, mm. and they wanted somebody to help them run their events. Mm. And the reason I was so fortunate is because because they were a green business network, they understood about the importance of sustainability and mm. thinking about the environment. So perhaps would not have been as happy with a standard events company, but because they wanted an events company, perhaps a normal sustainability consultancy would not have been quite right anyway. Yeah. So when I turned up as a sustainable events company, we were just the perfect match wow. and it all went from there. So it was a lot a lot of luck really and wow. how it and you just had to go up. into it. I just had to go away. into it and it's the best it was the best education I could have had. I yeah. just the thing with an event is an event just has to happen. Mm -hmm. It's not like other deadlines where you can miss them and it's awful, but life carries on. Yeah, you have to do you it. Just, you just have to do it. That's <laughs> yeah. the date of your event. And yeah. so, and you can't, you can't feel sorry for yourself yeah. and you have to hustle. Yeah. I mean, you need to get the suppliers in place for the event. And so it was the best education you could have had. It was mm. thrown in the deep end. Yeah. And yeah, you just, <laughs> it really is sink or swim. Yeah, literally, especially with an event, like it's sink or swim. Absolutely. Like you have no option. You have no option. It's on the 24th. You've told so everyone it it's a date it's happening. You've put your speakers or whatever it is. You just, have to do what you need to do to make that happen Ooh. so yeah that that's how it started wow so I mean what was the response like you know when you were when you would tell people because obviously I'm sure like when you because I feel like now people understand it more like okay yeah that makes sense like yeah I get that but when you first started what was the response like when you you said okay yeah I'm an events planner you know this is what I'm yeah. doing but um I guess a few uh, points to that I'm hugely grateful to Mr David Attenborough for raising this profile way beyond yeah. anywhere I could have done yeah. so really putting that this issue on the public agenda mm -hmm. so that's been fantastic and also now with Greta Thunberg watching what she's doing people understand why it is I'm doing this mm -hmm. um, also um, I don't think that what I do now is that different from what I did before mm -hmm. because I used to work in trying to make buildings and cities more sustainable mm -hmm. and all events are held in a venue they're often held in a community mm -hmm. and so I'm just transferring the skills I had in my more scientific career to the event sector so to mm -hmm. me it doesn't really feel yeah. that that different but um, it has the bonus of being involved in such with such a creative um, yeah, magical exactly. Exactly. industry so um, I've always found the reaction to be really positive yeah. people always as soon as I say what I do they get it they yeah most people love events and they've seen the way so they understand straight away mm -hmm. so for me it's just helping people to take the fact that they've they know that this is an issue and help me to try and make their events more sustainable yeah so what kind of challenges have you faced um <laughs> so many <laughs> I'm just I thinking where, yeah where, there's always a lot right but where to start I mm. mean both personal and and business uh, challenges uh, personal challenges are um that 
um, the world of branding and PR and marketing, uh, that's not a world I've been in before. Mm-hmm. So I've had to learn how to do that very quickly because it's crucial for yeah. uh, running, uh, designing and organizing an event. So that, that's that's been a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just the challenge of running a business where you just have to wear all the hats at one yeah. time. Yeah. And so just being able to prioritize and keep the balls in the air is always a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a more technical point of view with running the events, um, I am. it's very important to me that if I run events that they are not more expensive than running a normal event mm-hmm. because to be a model that other people can follow, I need to not be high-end or niche. My events need to be accessible to other people who want to run events in the same way. And so mm-hmm. it's important to me that I... I'm creative in the um, choices that I make, but I still have to be um, budget conscious the same way any other event organiser would have to be. Mm, That's quite fascinating that you went that route, actually, because a lot of people would go the route of, okay, this is very specific, the kind of event that I'm giving you, so I'm going to go higher because it's not just any normal event, like I'm helping you save on waste and this is a sustainable event. Do you know what I mean? Like it's really easy to go higher. So what made you, because I get it, like to make it accessible to everyone so it's not just a certain niche of people. But was why did you decide to go that route? Um, I decided that I think if I say to someone I'm going to run a green event or a sustainable event, I think an image instantly pops into their head of what that event might be. And it's not always, I think, the most exciting image. And there are various stereotypes, I think, that come around the sector. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to steer away from that. I really wanted to get the message out that you can run an event that is as exciting and fun as any other event, just consider the environment. And I couldn't do that if my events were catering to a very niche, very exclusive, very expensive crowd. Mm -hmm. To Mm -hmm. me, it's about run your event just think about the environment, not mm. have this very niche exclusive event that all mm. events need to fit into. Mm. That's very interesting. There must be a challenge within itself as well. But it's no, that's it's just awesome. Again, you're just broadening my mind because it's just not something I've thought about before. But at the same time, it's just it's really exciting things that you're doing. What's been your favorite event that you've done? Um, my favorite event is probably... Um, my hardest one mm-hmm. <laughs> as always goes and I look and look back now and laugh at the time it was um I ran this um three-day uh community event last summer mm-hmm. in High Wycombe mm-hmm. and it was supposed to be for a developer who is building a new sustainable housing development there and mm-hmm. their plans of it to be the most environmentally friendly housing development ever done in the UK wow. and so they needed to work with their local community and instead of just going to the library or to the local town hall and having a very boring public meeting they thought well why don't we organize a festival mm-hmm. for the community and so they asked me to do that and um so that was fantastic and I really got to bring out all the ideas I'd had milling around in my head for a long time so for example um, we found this amazing supplier they're called the solar roller and they provide solar panels on wheels with a battery backup so we were able to run this whole festival on solar power which was amazing and I got to have really uh sustainable caterers with nutritious food delicious food but also um very good for the environment it was a zero waste event so I got to put a lot of my ideas into practice however that was the um 
we didn't we didn't know at the time but that weekend was the first weekend of the heat wave that we had in the summer of 2018 and it was about 35 degrees um all day and it was um it was almost an endurance test yes (laughs) working in those kind of conditions and just trying to keep the community safe because we had children coming on site running around we had the public on site it was very dry much drier than we expected it to be Mm -hmm. and so there were a lot of adjustments we had to make to keep everyone safe because of the weather and also just to make sure that the event ran and that people still wanted to come because it was so hot so that was a challenge but at the end of it I think I mean it went really well we got such amazing feedback from the community but yeah it it, it was it was tough I mean have you ever had a moment where you've just thought I don't want to do this anymore man this is this is too much I'm I'm done I'm, I'm trying to help but people aren't like do you know what I mean I'm just over this <laughs> of course have and you the had thing those with kind events, of moments I, I, the thing with events I love for me I love events because it's problem solving mm-hmm. you just have this you have these issues you just need to solve but there are times when you're in the run up to an event something's gone wrong and you just there are the moments where I thought I could be sitting at my nice desk right now what what am yeah, I doing yeah. and then the moment passes and yeah. people are having a good time and you so think you oh that's that. why I did it yeah. but yeah completely there are moments where I don't know, you've you've had to take on some job that you didn't need to do and that job is quite icky. And yeah. Yeah, there's definitely those moments, but it's, it's worth it. Yeah, because it's important that, you know, we all have those moments, but I think the key thing is how do we overcome it and how do we like get past it? Like I've got a salon and I have times where I'm like, oh, this is really hard. Like what's going on? Like the clients are this or, you know, the stylists are this and you just don't know what to do. And then you remember like what your purpose is is you know why you've got this business the problem that you're solving and it just all makes sense that's what it's, that's what it's like for you like that's you just know that like, this is your purpose yeah. especially with me because if I've run an event obviously I want to run fantastic events as well but if I've run an event that's amazing and then I get the added bonus of someone saying to me I didn't know you could use that or I mm. didn't know you could do it that way and then that to me makes it all worth it and then if that then person then goes to another event and starts questioning the organizer of that event why have you still got plastic cups? Because I went to this other event and it was all zero waste. Mm. That to me feels like then I've started something when other people start being aware of the impact that can be made and not accepting less than excellence, mm. in your word, from the other events that they go to. Mm. I love that. Would you ever think about doing masterclasses and stuff like that? Yeah, we do that. So we yeah. do training. So I can't obviously run all the events in the world, much yeah. as I'd like to. And I think a lot of events teams at the moment, they're just a bit, they know they need to do something. They're people who care, mm-hmm. but they just don't know where to start. So I really love working with other teams and other clients to just help them mm. understand how they, what they can do to make their events sustainable too. Mm-hmm. And also... Um, I want to run masterclasses just on this whole subject. There's quite a lot of jargon in the world of climate change Mm -hmm. with carbon emissions and Mm -hmm. biodegradable waste and compostable. And I sometimes think that we nod and smile when we see these and think that's Mm -hmm. important, but often people don't really understand what those terms mean. And so I'd like to run a series of masterclasses just on the basics. So when someone tells you this uses X carbon emissions, those people understand what what that means in English. Yeah, yeah. Which is important because, again, I think a lot of us are quite selfish, actually. And we just don't understand Like we we hear these words, but we really, really do not understand like what is actually going on and what we can actually do to make a change. And that's why I'm just so fascinated with what you're saying, because it's like 
it's so true. Like, why do I have to have these certain cups at this event or at my shop or whatever, you know? So I, I love that. I think that's really, really fascinating, man. And what you're doing is incredible. Do you, so do you feel like you are living a purpose-filled life? Yeah, I really do feel like I'm living a purpose-filled life. And I really feel like as well, I've been on this journey where I set up an events agency to learn about how to run sustainable events. And that in turn has allowed me to connect with all these amazing suppliers. So my next big challenge is how do I set up now this marketplace so I can connect everybody with these suppliers? Mm. So, yeah, I really feel like I'm helping to make the sector more sustainable, but also I'm helping these other small businesses raise their, pro their profile as well so they can be found. So I feel like it's not just me. I'm building a community and mm. we, can, we can go out there and help. Amazing. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's, I don't have anything else to say. I, I'm blown. I'm, I'm eager to even learn even more. And yeah, I'm, again, I'm sure my listeners will feel like there's more that they can do. So thank you so much for sharing with me today and sharing your journey with me so far and yeah as usual guys like I'll put down her details um in the description box and just stay in touch and join the conversation and share your views and tell a friend to tell a friend and